and welcome back to this week's episode of Cheap Seats, the number one podcast, sports podcast produced by the WDBC Dragons Broadcast Broadcasting Program. I got Dustin Wolfon today with me. As always, I'm Derek Steele, but today we got one more person. We got a very special guest. Man, this took me like a whole two days to get this guy on. I, I will say this is a stretch to get this on. He is the PA announcer for the Detroit Lions. He does a lot of um, football stuff around the city of Lake Orion. If you've ever watched the Lake Orion Friday Night's Lights, you will recognize this man's name. You will recognize his voice. If you ever go on the Ford Field, you will recognize his voice. It's Chris Fritching. Appreciate uh, you being a, me being a part of it, guys. Thank you. So with the NFL draft happening last Thursday, I want to recap the draft a little bit. Man, what an exciting night it's been, or what an exciting night it was. One word I can use to describe that night was trades. Trades were flying around all over. The first trade I want to talk about was the Lions trading up 20 picks to get wide receiver out of Alabama, Jamison Williams. What was your thoughts on that trade? Trade up and pick. Yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, the whole... The whole weekend, I mean, really is is an exciting uh, weekend I, for our club as well. But I think every club as well. It's 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 kind of a, a refreshing of of what's taking place and how how are we going to improve our, our our football teams and so forth. And you know, in our instance, you know, we start with with Aiden Hutchinson, and then like you said, the big trade to get Jamison Williams. I mean, it's uh, you know, talk about two playmakers in that front uh, in those first twelve picks that we were able to walk away with, and that's what really excites me about you've got one on one side of the ball, one on the other side of the ball that, uh, you know, when Williams is, is healthy and ready to go, um, he can take the top off defenses. And uh, those things are, are things that um, really make me excited to, 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 to see, you know, I don't get into all the, the draft grades and stuff like that. You know, and to me, there's no way you can grade any of those things right at this point in time, every, every team, drafted based on what they felt was their need and uh we did that here with the the lions and and we're excited about having those gentlemen as well as the others on board yeah with you being the pa announcer there is there ever a little bit of bias where you're like okay i want this guy versus this guy because like for for example, Amon Rasane Brown, his um brother has a really hard pro- name to pronounce. Is there ever that side of it where you're like you don't want this guy to come because of that side of things, or is it just like whatever's best for the football team you root for? Yeah, no, it's 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 whatever's best for the football team. If you know if our general manager Brad Holmes and the staff see that a a player is fits what we're trying to do, then then you know what he's on our team and, and we're going to cheer for them regardless. So um, it's. Uh, and that's what's, that's what's great about the game of football and so difficult about the game of football is trying to find the, those 53 individuals that uh, are, are make up the best interest of your football team to be successful. And so, uh, you know, Brad Holmes and, and his staff have a, a difficult job each and every year to be able to do just that. And, and uh, Coach Campbell is going to work with the players that he's got that Brad brings them to the, to the table. And, and uh, it's going to have, uh, uh, you know, it's going to set us up in the future for having success. And we're excited about that. Let's talk a little bit about the other the other pick the Lions made, second overall picking Aiden Hutchinson out of the University of Michigan. Now, I know, Dawson, as a big U of M fan, you got to be excited about that. He had a great year of U of M. How much do you think Aiden's going to bring to the football team and just bring winning football back to the city of Detroit? You know, uh, I'll, I'll say – Sorry, Chris, to cut you off. Go ahead, go ahead, Dawson. Uh, 
I'll, I'll say this, you know, he's a hometown guy. He played high school football, Detroit Divine Child, and he went to the University of Michigan. And I remember, you know, junior season, Aiden got hurt. And, you know, Coach, Coach Harbaugh literally told him, he's like, you know, you're going to be a captain next season. You know, and he showed that, you know, led the defense, you know, strong Michigan defense, and then eventually led, you know, the team to a Big Ten championship, Orange Bowl. Aiden Hutchinson is that kind of guy that not only he's a good leader, he's confident in himself and others. And he, he really, if you want to build a defense around Aiden Hutchinson, he is your perfect guy to do so. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. A guy that's going to get after the quarterback and find a way and just that relentless motor that you, you, you need to see out of those edge rushers. And, and uh, you know, that's going to be really a nice addition to, to not only what we had on the, on the, on the squad, but already, but uh, in Romeo Cora and uh, Charles Harris and such. But, uh, you know, Josh Paschal, who we, we drafted a little bit later on in this draft, those edge rushers that can hopefully collapse the pocket from the outside in and get a good push up the middle with some defensive tackles. And, and it makes it difficult for a quarterback to, to step up and throw. And so, um, you know, that's, I think defensively, that's where it starts. You got to find a way to disrupt the, the quarterback's timing and the footwork and, and, the, and the sight lines to be able to throw downfield. And, and those individuals, I think, will be able to do that. Started with Aiden Hutchinson. You, you brought up the next player I want to talk about, the Kentucky defensive tackle, Josh Paschal, taking him 46 overall. We got that pick from the Vikings, trading back from 34 overall. I just want to get your thoughts on that Vikings, uh, Vikings trade. Obviously, we still got a second overall pick, or second, sorry, second round pick. Who do you think honestly won that trade, or do you think it was pretty even? You know, I, I, I heard Brad Holmes say that, that each team that he felt won. Um, and that's just it. You, you just don't know now. You can't make those grades right now until you see these, these players progress. Uh, you, you probably don't really have a true grade, in, in my opinion, on any of them until, you know, two or three years down the road. You see how they develop and how they fit in with that particular team. So that's why I said earlier, I just, as far as draft grades early on, I don't really know that that says much because everybody, you know, who's, has a different opinion of maybe what those teams need. That's not necessarily in agreement with what that general manager, that scouting staff agrees with. So um, uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see. All I know is that we, we, we made the trade and we're Brad was aggressive enough to be able to move up those 20 spots. And, and uh, you know, I, I think that just shows that uh, um, he is willing to make those changes that we need, we need offensively and defensively for that matter to, to take us to the next step. I know we talked about this a little bit, even before the podcast got started, just um, was there any like signs that there was a possibility of the Lions trading up from Brad, from anyone on the scouting team, or was it just like a blindside, like day of type of trade that got happened to move up those 20 spots? Yeah. You know what? I, I, I uh, I'm in a totally different department. I'm in the football education division. And what we do is we provide uh, edu educational experiences for children, parents, and coaches through the different camps and clinics. And, you know, that side job I've got is the PA announcer. So I was actually, I was at home watching the draft with my daughter. So um, no, I, I didn't have any, any inkling as to what was going on, but when I did hear there was a trade and the Detroit lions, I, I, I immediately perked up and, and, and sat erect and said, you know what, boy, oh boy. Uh, and was really excited to hear the pick. So I uh, know I don't have any inside Intel. And, and like I said it before we started the pod, I, uh, 
Sometimes that's nice, even though we're I'm here on a day-to-day basis at Ford Field working. Sometimes it's, it's it's nice to be able to step back and actually be a fan and uh, you know watch it from that perspective. So I enjoyed that experience uh, watching it at home. I know for me personally, um, when we found out we you. As a fan, you mentioned it, being able to watch it as a fan, you start to think about, okay, you trade up, who are you trading up for? Because I know um, Chris Olave was just taken off the board and um, Garrett Wilson was just taken off the board, two really good Ohio State wide receivers. So for me personally, it really blindsided me that we took Williams. I was really expecting it to be a quarterback. Um, I know we can talk a lot about the quarterbacks in this draft class, but let's talk about Kenny Pickett. Do you think Pickett will be the week one starter for Pittsburgh? It's a good question. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky's there right now. And, and uh, while he hasn't, you know, he, he came in a little bit in this off season. I, you know, it's, 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 I think that's what you want to do at any, any position, you know, is you have that competition and uh, obviously uh, Pickett's got familiarity with there with being in that building for four years or so at Pitt. And so um, walking in, what do you say? Walking in the right door. I've always envisioned walking in the left door and uh, at, at Pitt because those offices, both Pitt, University of Pitt and the Steelers were right next to each other. So um, and he, his dream came true. And so I don't know. I, all I know is that I think the competition for, for them is going to be good. And, um, you know, may the best man win from there. Dawson, you got any thoughts on the topic? Yeah, you know, Pittsburgh is kind of that they're really in favor of that QB style pocket passer. You know, they like Ben Roethlisberger, you know, he was really good from the pocket. You know, he wasn't really good when he got outside, but Kenny Pickett is kind of like a spitting image. You know, he loves to throw in the pocket, loves to branch it out, uses tight ends. And, you know, they got so many weapons in Pittsburgh. You got Chase Claypool and well, they just got rid of Juju, but they have so many up and coming guys. I think Eric Ebron's still there. If I remember correctly, but at the end of the day, you know, it just, it's kind of just like Aiden Hutchinson in Detroit. You know, he had ties to, you know, the surrounding Metro Detroit area. Kenny Pickett, Pittsburgh quarterback. Now he's back at home with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, it, it works hand in hand. You know, I'll even put this out there. You know, Kenny Pickett's going to get Steelers fans back interested. And same with Aiden Hutchinson with the Lions. People are going to, you know, Michigan fans that are also Lions fans. Hey, Aiden Hutchinson. You know, they're going to want to go to games, you know, regardless, because they just want to see their favorite players. And Kenny Pickett is definitely one of those guys in Pittsburgh. And, you know, discussion was, you know, is he going to be the week run starter? I don't think so. I don't think, you know, Tomlin's going to put him out there week one. But, you know, he might put him in a couple series, you know, just to test the waters, just to get him comfortable. And then maybe I would say week six, I think he would maybe get a start. But. I mean, Trubisky has bounced around the league quite a bit. So he is only on a two-year deal in Pittsburgh. So ultimately, looking forward, Pickett more than likely will be their go-to guy down the road. Yeah, but like – go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was was just going to get off the the Pickett uh, topic real quick to talk about Aiden, but go ahead if you want to talk about Kenny. I was going to talk about Kenny. One of the big things I say about drafting a quarterback in the first round is no matter who you draft in the first round, you genuinely believe they're going to be a generational talent. If that's Jacksonville with uh, Trayvon Walker, if that's Buff, Buffalo taking out Kyrie Elam, New England, what was New England taking? They had a strange pick there with uh, Cole Strange. Not, nothing. Uh, that, 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 that. 
Anyway, uh, but what I was going to say about Pickett is obviously they believe that he's going to be a generational talent. So why not Why not use him week one? One of my biggest beliefs with football is you're going to play your top prospects. And we've seen it a lot across the league with guys getting thrown into the fire, quote unquote. With you look at Trevor Lawrence down in Jacksonville last year, he didn't have a quote unquote Trevor Lawrence here. Well, everyone's saying that he's going to bounce back. Look, look at Joe Burrow coming into the league, his second year in the league, he took Cincinnati to the Super Bowl. So I really think Mike Tomlin will trust Kenny Pickett and will let him be the week one starter. That doesn't mean he's not going to go to Mitch Trubisky if it starts to get out of hand. Because remember, this is the NFL. Your job is to win games. So I think he's going to trust Pickett, but I would not be surprised to see if Trubisky or someone else comes in if they just need that quarterback to get them a drive to get them to win the game or whatever. So moving on about Aiden Hutchinson. No, I mean, Dawson, you kind of alluded to it with, you know, with, with Pickett going from Pittsburgh to, to Pittsburgh, if you will. And then Aiden Hutchinson right in our backyard here, Dearborn Divine Child, but going to Michigan and playing here with the Lions. I mean, I, I think there's something to be said about, you know, playing for your hometown team. And I, you know, the top four picks of this year's draft, two of them were from Metro Detroit. You know, and, and that's pretty cool to, to, to if you step back and take a look at that. Um, high school football in the state of Michigan is pretty darn good and sometimes you, gets you lost. in the seat of it as well, being able to do be being able to see a bunch of these games, especially in the playoffs. Absolutely. And, that, and I think sometimes it, it gets lost on people in the fact that, that you know, we, we talk about the Floridas and the Texases. And don't get me wrong. There's obviously plenty of talent down there and, and so forth. But. It's all in Ohio, but what's all said and done, we've got some great high school football uh, here in the state of Michigan. I thought it was pretty cool to have, you know, both both Aiden and, and Sauce Gardner there being drafted in the top four. Um, I don't know that it's happened before, but uh, it, it's pretty special, I thought. And uh, and you've, you've got a great football program up there, Lake Orion, too. I mean, so you're playing in a very tough division, so uh, a conference. So it's just um, I think it's pretty neat to see that uh, the hometown guys going to play for the hometown teams, if you will. Kind of move, you kind of alluded it to it being able to, or I did too in a way, being able to see a bunch of these high school football games. You obviously do a lot with our football program and doing games, but you also do on playoff games. Is there like a favorite memory or like a favorite moment from either being able to coach or be in the booth with high school football? Yeah, you know what? I, uh, there's a lot of them. Um, I don't know if one specifically comes, comes to mind, but just the, the fact that that when I watch these games, whether I'm broadcasting there at Lake Orion Dragon Stadium there or whether I'm doing some of the playoff games for MHSAA TV and so forth, I just I, I see kids. I, I call them kids because obviously you guys are a lot younger than I am. But but I, I see kids that are flat out love to play the game. It's the purity of the game of football. They're out there for their community. They're out there for their team. They're out there for, for that, that, uh, that name on the front of their Jersey. And that's, that's what makes high school football so special. And so I'm, and I'm just trying to call the game myself as best I can so that we can bring to light some of the excitement that's happening in the stadium. And uh, I don't know if it always comes across that way, but boy, oh boy, it's even when I'm, you know, broadcasting the games, it's, it's exciting. And, and uh, I think it's a neat option, a great option to be able to, to provide that so that others that can't attend can, can be there uh, watching this on online and so forth. So I just, you know, is, is, is there one moment, not necessarily, but um, 
if I had to pick a game, it's probably the last game we did, uh, the Detroit King Mason game uh, in the, what was that, state semifinals last year. Um, I mean, you knew, I, I shouldn't say you knew, because you had a good feeling, let's put it that way, that Martin Luther King was a pretty darn good football team, and it was pretty evident early on that that was the case. And to see all that talent on that team um, do what they did to Mason, um, you know, it was it was really impressive to see. And, and obviously they went on uh, to do some great things in the state finals. So um, just being able to see that type of talent um, right there in front of us here in the state of Michigan, uh, that's why I said earlier, I just, I, I think Michigan State of Michigan high school football gets overlooked sometimes. And uh, it's very darn good. Let's put it that way. Moving yeah. on from football, or go, go ahead, Dawson. Yeah, because I was at that same game. I was working graphics that game. But, uh, I mean, to be honest, you know, yeah, me and Derek's high school career is coming to a close. But, you know, you look, across, yeah, you look across the country, you know, yeah, you got Arch Manning, you know, one of the top recruits in the 2023 class. And then, you know, the quarterback that we've seen twice, Chris, that Dante Moore guy from Detroit, Martin Luther King, Many people, you know, are looking at the 24-7, you know, recruit rankings and, you know, they're like, oh, you know, all top guys, quarterbacks, you know, all from the South. But Dante Moore is right up there at number three yep. here, right here in Michigan. And yep. that kid is unbelievable. And he just went and visited LSU, who has a brand new head coach down there. So, I mean, he he's, you know, stirring up uh, quite a – He's recruiting quite a bit. You know, he visited Michigan State, Michigan. Uh, maybe when I get down to OU, I'll probably try to see if I meet Venable <laughs> to get him try and go down there. But, there you go. <laughs> but I, you know, getting the opportunity to do these games, you know, you get to see other high schools' talent levels, and yeah, you're just in awe. And Dante Moore has every – Every game that we do, state semifinals, it's Detroit Martin Luther King, and you, you can pick them out, right. number five. Right. Well, it's fun. Out. Dawson, I don't know if you were there that year. I don't think you were, but uh, two years prior to that, we did the game uh, against Birmingham Seaholm and the state semifinal games yeah. when King, King played Seaholm, and he was a freshman at that time. And, yeah, I was and, there. It was at Novi. Correct, yes. And, and just the composure and the stature and the – uh, just the the competitiveness that you saw in a freshman. I mean, you could see right there in that two hour game. It was less than two hours because it was running clock after a while. But um, you could see in that game that that uh, this kid's going to be special. And we saw it two years later, obviously, at the game we did it against Mason too. Kind of moving on, I want to touch some baseball. Man, there's there's a lot to break down with the MLB season. I want to start with this with the state of New York. Whatever they're doing, they got to keep doing it. The Mets and Yankees having two of the best seasons, respectively, and the baseball. I want to bring it a little bit local, though. What is going on with these Tigers? Well, you don't have to watch them tonight because I think the game is going to be postponed. Yeah. So they are home tonight, a 7-10 pitch against the Pittsburgh Pirates. But – they're one for eight in their last nine games. That's not Something like that. Yeah. Bad. That's pretty bad. But at the end of the, you know, Cabrera, you know, 3,000 hit, you know, against the Colorado Rockies, you know, that was, you know, well, I'm not going to say my story, but I mean, that was, you know, you talk about one of the greatest moments in Detroit sports history. And that is definitely one of them, you know, especially Cabrera to get to do it at home on a beautiful, 
made, I think it's tomorrow. April. Yeah, April day. I think it was April 27th he hit it, I think. But Something like that. Yeah, but, you know, there was – I haven't seen a sold-out crowd at Comerica Park since, like, 2014. It was, it was crazy seeing all those people in the stands. And, like, I have friends who went to the game and just, you know, seeing videos and seeing, like, you know, you get it. You see it all over social media. You see it on Twitter. You see it wherever. And just seeing all of those people sitting there. But let's talk about Dan Dickerson for a second with that call. Man, he's had some legendary calls in his career. I don't think any of them he would say would top that 3,000 – hits moment he handled that like a professional that there he had a great moment there yeah that's a that's a sportscaster's dream isn't it i mean to be able to do yeah. that or, or call yep. a, call a walk-off in the world series or or, yep. or a game-winning three-pointer to win you know an nba finals game or whatever it might be i mean those are those are things that you you can't uh you, you, you think in advance that you're going to have the right words you, you should concoct something or a, a phrase or something that uh is for the ages when it happens, but more times than not, those those comments, those thoughts, uh, just come naturally, and uh, and they should come naturally, really. Otherwise, it comes comes across as is 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 fake. And you know, you're right. Dan did a great job with that, and it's pretty neat to see. I'm sure you've seen the the things online where the video of him on on camera while he's making the call. I mean, those are pretty special too. And so he, he sits like he's not up in his chair, you know, jumping around like a little kid. He's He's sitting there like it's any other at bat in anyone's career. He's he's sitting there and he's he's just composed. Yep, yep. And so that's what you got when you're behind a mic. As you guys know, you got to be composed. You, you, you know, you got to let the 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 action take place on, on the field or the court wherever you're broadcasting. And and yeah, you can get excited and and uh, but at the same time, you've got to you got to be professional. You got to be succinct. You got to be clear and concise and to get the information out. All right, before we wrap this up, I know it's a little bit early. Um, yeah, we can do this here. I want to get some World Series predictions. Um, who do you think is going to make it out of the respective leagues? Uh, Dawson, we can start with you. Oh, perfect. Uh, uh, you know, I've watched a lot of baseball here as of late. Big mm-hmm. Tigers fan. But the best team that I've watched so far out of the National League, I would have to say – you know, they've been in it before the last couple of years. I'd say the L.A. Dodgers. Freddie Freeman's doing good out there in L.A. And, uh, you know, he wants to pay back the Atlanta Braves here. So, I got out of National League, I got the Dodgers. And then on the American side, you know, it could, it could go either way. It's a toss-up, yeah. I mean, it really depends, you know, how you finish the season. I mean, in baseball, there's 100, 160 games. I mean, you – you know, a team gets on a hot streak, just like the Washington Nationals a couple of years back. They went yes. on a roll and they ended up winning the World Series. I think you know you the just got Braves last year. I yeah I, you know I think the White Sox are going to come out of the American League, and I okay. think you know they've been struggling here as of late last couple couple of games. They had a they were really struggling out in Kansas City the other night, and I think they do have a couple in injuries right now to their pitching core but once they get a couple of their starter starting pitchers back I think the White Sox are going to be a force to be reckoned with so I got the White Sox and Dodgers in the finals and 
you know, I, Chicago hasn't seen a baseball championship since 2015, if I remember correctly, when the Cubs won. I think it's time for the White Sox to win it. So I think the White Sox are going to bring this one home to the south side. All right, Chris, you want to go next? Um, I'm going to – I'm also going to agree with the Dodgers in the National League. I, I just think they're, they're, they're just stacked from, from start to finish. You know, although the, the Mets are playing awfully well, I again, it's early, 20-some-odd games into the season. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go with – Buck Scholes was in a nice job with the Mets. I, I'm going to go with the Dodgers uh, because they've been there before, and it just they, they seem to have it from start to finish. Um, on the American League side – I'm going to say the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, I got to spend three uh, went for spring train, uh, spring break. I went to my daughter. Uh, we went to three, three spring training games down there. And uh, I didn't know much about the Blue Jays at the time, but I absolutely fell in love with the team to the point where I'm, my daughter and I, she's 13 years old, are watching the Blue Jays every night. And I'm not, I'm not just because I'm a fan, because I'm a Tigers fan, but, but let me say this. It's a team that has starting pitching. It's a team that has the power. I think they're still tied number one in the league in, in home runs. They've got a, a closer in Jordan Romano, who is absolutely phenomenal. And they're a team that has fun playing together. George Springer, Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero, Teoscar Hernandez, when he comes back. Um, they, are, they are a fun team to watch. If you ever get a chance to watch a series or two of them, um, they just go out there having fun. I, I, when you're playing 162 game season, you've got to be able to have teams that, that get along together. And, and, and if you don't, you're going to crack under pressure and you're going to crack towards the end of the season. And so as far as I'm concerned, as long as they stay healthy, um, I, I think they've got a very good shot to, to, to make it to the world series. And uh, if you had to choose between the two <laughs> Toronto or, or LA, I mean, I, I could go either way it's, on it's them. It's a coin flip. It's a coin yeah, flip. Yeah, I really could. But I, I do like Toronto a lot in the American League. Okay. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. We've obviously talked a lot about the Dodgers. You touched on the Mets a little bit. I want to talk talk about one more team that's gotten out to a quick start. The San Diego Padres. They are currently tied for the league in the National League West for with the um Dodgers. So you could make an argument about the Padres. I'm going to agree with both of you. I'm seeing the Dodgers come out of the National League. The American League, man, I think that's a coin flip. Um, it kills me to say it. I, I don't I don't you're, see. You're going to say the Yankees, aren't you? I don't see anyone being able to top the Yankees, man. What <laughs> they've been able to do. It, it kills me as a baseball fan. I've grown up around baseball. I hate the Yankees just as much as the next person, but seeing what they've been able to construct in New York, they didn't get out to the best start. Now they have one of the best records in baseball. I, I, I got to say Yankees, Tigers, Yankees world series. It's going to kill me a little bit inside to see that. Um, I got the Dodgers coming out on top of them on that one. I think the Dodgers, they're just a super team They're I think baseball is equivalent to what, the Warriors were in the 2010s with Curry, Ke Kevin Durant, and um, Clay Thompson. So I see, I see the Dodgers coming out. Let's review the tape in six months. See what we say. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll say this: I predicted the Big Ten championship winner. He did. I mean, I've, I've picked. Gee, I don't even know. I got the Colorado Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup. I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. 
This and before we I do wrap up, it has officially been announced. The line, or the Tigers game has been postponed. It will be made up tomorrow as a straight-through doubleheader against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So um, I guess Dawson called that too. So we might <laughs> start listening to Dawson a little bit more. <laughs> With that being said, that will wrap up this episode of Cheap Seats. I want to thank Dawson and give a big thanks to Chris Fritching for joining me on this episode. Chris, before we go, I got to ask you one favor. Okay, what you got? You have to give us a Motown at third down. Oh, really? Wow. You have to do it. I got to, I'm here at Ford Field, but I'm not in my PA announcer's booth. Um, All right, let's see here. Um, Motown, it's third down. Mr. Smith is saying that's iffy. Yeah, well, Mr. Smith can go back to class, okay? (laughs) All right, and with that being said, that will wrap up this episode of Cheap Seats. I want to once again thank both my guests on for being with us. Make sure to stay tuned for next episode when we break down the NBA playoffs and we break down the NHL playoffs. Until then, we'll see everyone later.